Hello and welcome to the Moncast. A podcast where we watch Pokemon and Digimon in tandem and discuss the similarities and differences that they share. My name's Sam. And I'm Stevie. And the score currently stands at 11 points each. And this time we're watching episode 23, The Tower of Terror and Wagaruruman's Diner. first episode we are watching this time is The Tower of Terror. The gang find their way to Lavender Town, where they enter a random haunted tower that makes no sense being there and serves no real purpose. When inside, they keep getting scared by the seemingly haunted things happening around them, and retreat outside for safety. Ash steals himself and decides to rush back inside as he is too determined to catch a ghost Pokemon, wherein he almost immediately dies and becomes a ghost himself. Yeah, Ash dies. As he spends time with the ghost Pokemon, he learns to have fun and enjoys flying around the sky and pulling pranks on Misty, who gets worried for Ash, so she re-enters the tower only to find Ash and Pikachu's corpses. Somehow, Ash decides that playtime is over and returns to his body, which has had no brain activity or heartbeat for many minutes and yet somehow suffers no permanent damage from it. As the gang leave, Haunter appears and decides to join Ash on his adventures, because why not? So, this is the episode that I said you'll enjoy. The one where you said Ash kind of dies? Yeah. I don't think he dies. He dies. His soul leaves his body, but I don't think the body dies. He's quite clearly dead. His body's in a coma. He's not in a coma. He's dead. His life force has left him. I think it's an out-of-body experience. His soul's left his body, but his body's still just entirely unconscious. He's got no brain activity. You don't know that. You don't know the science of ghosts. He's just dead, okay? I, I like to think of him as he died. He didn't die. He died. I don't think he died. Why are you defending him? You hate him. That's an episode where he potentially dies and you're like, no, he's okay. He's fine. I'm simply stating my opinion as fact. Okay. So this episode starts out. I need you to clarify this with me. The narrator, I'm pretty sure he says Sabrina's sacking Pokemon. He doesn't say psychic. He says sacking Pokemon. (sighs) I have no idea. It sounds like sacking Pokemon. What I noticed that he said was the most important thing about the mysterious man from last episode wasn't that he had psychic powers. It was he was a bearded man. The bearded man from the last episode sent them off. For anybody who doesn't know, I have quite a glorious beard. Beards are an important thing in life. They're good. They're wholesome. Everyone should have a beard. Maybe not everyone. No, everyone. I think everybody would benefit from a good beard. Mm, I disagree. Unless the beards are the source of your psychic powers. Yes. Sabrina has a beard. She just hides it with a doll. Of course. That's the explanation. That's why she puts the doll in front of her face. Because as she lowers it, she's got like a giant beard. This makes perfect sense. And the other guy had a face mask on. Yeah. He only had a small beard under there. That's why he's got the face mask on. He's ashamed of his small beard. It's lack of psychic powers. Well, just pretend that all the people in the room that didn't have beards didn't exist then. And if you notice, when Abra evolves into Kadabra and Alakazam, they get a moustache which grows bigger as it evolves. Have we uncovered the the source of psychic powers? It's beards. The more facial hair you have, the more psychic powers you have. Okay, so is it Misty or Ash who says, let's hold hands and stay together? Because what they do immediately is they hold hands and they don't hold Brock's hand. And I'm not sure if it's a racist thing or what, or maybe they're just done with him being creepy to girls and Misty doesn't want him touching her. But let's all hold hands and stick together. And then Ash and Misty hold hands because they're in love because of a love subplot. And they just leave Brock where he is. It's because it's foggy. 
That foggy that you can't see right in front of you. They can't tell what order they're standing in. So like Misty thinks she's at the back of the group and Ash is holding out his other hand for Brock, who he thinks is at the front, but isn't. Surely you'd be able to hear them talking in front of you and behind. You're forgetting that this is Pokemon and the characters are a bit stupid at times. Yes, they are. Mainly Ash. Mainly. So Ash scares Brock and Misty with a mask, which apparently he's been carrying with him the entire time, maybe? Maybe Ash's hat is like Brock's bag. He just hides things under it. But he says he's going to save it for next year's Halloween, which means that Halloween's already passed. So if you look back at when they've mentioned time has passed, you can pretty much guess when Ash started his adventure. It doesn't mean that Halloween's passed in the time that the series has been going on. It just means it's passed in the past. If he says next year's Halloween, it means that this year's Halloween has passed, which means it's got to be past October. So if he's been travelling for maybe three, four months, then you can tell that maybe he started at an earlier... Like, you could probably pinpoint a rough time when he started his adventure. Based off of a joke that was probably only in the dub. Yeah. I get the impression this would be a good Professor Lation puzzle. When did Ash start his adventure? <laughs> this reminds me of a puzzle. So they get to Lavender Town in one episode, but it took several to get to Viridian City. Saffron City. No, like several episodes to get to Viridian. So from Pallet Town to, through Viridian Forest, it took, what, three episodes? Through just a forest. Which one's Viridian? The first city they go to. Oh, well, that's the second episode. Okay, yeah, it's like going from Viridian City through the Viridian Forest to Pewter City took them, what, three episodes? But then in this episode, it took them not even an episode to get from Saffron to Lavender Town. Do you expect me to explain it? Yeah, why have they not had an episode between A and B? Because they have an actual plot with Sabrina to get back to. But they did it with the St. Anne episodes. They had them on the boat and then the boat went somewhere else and they had something else to do and they had somewhere else to go and it all got backtracked again and again and again and again and again five episodes to get from going on the saint anne to no it took them seven episodes 15 to 22 they get on the saint anne in 15 and arrive in saffron in 22 but they had a a lot of delays (laughs) with the boat sinking and the city being destroyed and the bikini contest at a festival they were doing stuff all the time it's a lot of weird things that happen in pokemon shipwrecks giant pokemon swimsuit contests kaiju ghost stories people dying and having out-of-body experiences yeah they're just constantly going everywhere i feel like in pokemon they've got more opportunities to have more random things happen because they're traveling this world where there's different towns and cities and stuff while in digimon they've got one linear plot that they have to follow which is essentially save the world and they have to do it all in one single desert Okay, so then it cuts to Team Rocket in the tower looking at the kids and Jessie does her laugh. And for me, Jessie's laugh is the most iconic thing of, of Pokemon. More than Pikachu's voice, more than like the sound of a Pokeball or anything. But if you if you played Jessie's laugh to me, then I'd know exactly what it is. Why? <laughs> because it's just her laugh is so iconic. It's not iconic at all. It is. Before they do the motto, there's always that ah ha 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 that she does. It's not iconic, though. For me, it is. It's not what iconic means. It means, you know, you associate this thing. No, it doesn't. That's what an icon is. An icon is a small representation of a bigger thing. Jesse's laugh doesn't represent all of Pokemon. <laughs> For me, it does. For me, if I heard Jesse's laugh by itself... I'd know that it's Jesse from Pokemon. It would remind me of Pokemon. I'm not saying for everybody it's iconic, but for me, it's quite iconic. Fine. Okay, well, James is a treasure and he must be protected. Team Rocket is a treasure. Like, even when they're by themselves, they mess up. 
I really like Team Rocket. A lot of the comedy in this episode is from them, especially one specific moment. Just everything that involves Team Rocket is amazing in this episode. We'll talk about that after, though. First, I have a complaint. And I have a question. What's this tower for? Nothing. It's just in the middle of an open space. Looks a bit creepy. But inside it's like a mansion. But doesn't serve a purpose. There's no explanation to what it is or why it's there. It's probably on Grand Designs. And then it got abandoned because the ghost Pokemon took over. The ghost Pokemon who are just trash Pokemon. Because they just sit around watching TV shows in a messy room. And they are Pokemon after my own heart. I didn't particularly like the ghost Pokemon. You didn't? No. How come? They got really grating after a while. Like, at first it was like, haha, they're sort of like the three stooges. Then it was like, oh, they just keep laughing and laughing and laughing and laughing. What bothers me about this episode is that they know that there are ghost Pokemon. So if they go into a place where there are ghost Pokemon and then spooky things happen, like things are moving by themselves, why are you getting scared and leaving? Because it's going to be the ghost Pokemon. Because they get scared and then they don't think rationally. Yeah, but if you know that there's a ghost type Pokemon that can do ghost type things, they've literally met a ghost Pokemon before who did things like people floating around and everything. So if they come into a place where there are ghost Pokemon and they see dining stuff moving around, they can't be like, oh no, it's all spooky scary because you can be like, no, it's a ghost Pokemon doing this. It's fine. This is the sort of thing that they do. But no, everybody has to get scared of the ghost Pokemon. Misty gets scared of bugs. That's a fear, though. You can have a fear of ghosts. But everybody has it. Everybody has it and screams and doesn't say it's the ghost Pokemon. They're like, oh no, this place is haunted. I don't know. It's hard to tell if there's a difference between ghosts and ghost Pokemon. There probably is. I mean, we've we've met a ghost before in this. Probably should be. But Pokemon gives no answers. Okay, I'll ask you a question then. What is electric attack? It is Pikachu's strongest move. Ash asks Pikachu to use electric attack on the ghosts in the hole. This is probably my favourite point in this entire episode. When Team Rocket are down in a hole and you can't see them. And Ash can hear the sound and it sounds like, I don't know, spooky ghosts for some reason. It doesn't sound like Team Rocket. And he gets Pikachu to use electric attack, which electrocutes them. And then Charmander uses flamethrower or something on them. And then it becomes a little wisp, which is like um, ghosts can sometimes be seen as wisps, which are little flames, floating flames. So that's what he thinks he sees. But in in fact, what he's actually doing is attacking Team Rocket. I think it's great. I just love this little moment. In my notes, I just put shock first, ask questions later. And then I also put burn first, ask questions later. And then this is the bit where he throws the Pokeball down, it hits Jesse in the face, and all you hear from the distance is, I wonder if I captured it. I just love that moment, it's so good. And then it's like, rest in peace, Jesse's hair. Jesse has short hair now, for this one scene. The hair's caught on fire before. And then we meet the ghost Pokemon. I'm pretty sure Gengar's supposed to be bigger than that. Gengar seems quite small. I prefer Haunter, I think Haunter's one of my favourite Pokemon. Haunter's a cooler design, definitely. Yeah, a lot of people I've spoken to have said that they think Haunter looks better than Gengar. And I totally agree, I I really like Haunter. Make the Gengars alright, I guess. So yeah, we meet Gengar, and then Ash and Pikachu die. Or become unconscious, and have their souls torn from their bodies. Wherein they die. Your soul is your life force, it's been removed. Haunter has the ability to just remove your life force. There's no science behind souls. We don't even know if souls are real things. 21 grams. What is? How much does a soul weigh? Because apparently when you die, you lose 21 grams of weight. Great. I don't think that's conclusive evidence. I don't think they die. It could be seen as them being dead because they become ghosts. But then also, you know, it could be that they do have an out-of-body experience.
experience where they might not be dead. I like to think Ash died because I think it adds a little more levity to the situation where, oh, maybe he's actually dead. Except Ash doesn't care. He's having a great time. It's just like, yeah. Yeah, let's fly through the sky and pull a prank on Misty. He's not like, I should really go back to my body. What happens if this is causing permanent damage to me? Yeah, he really should be panicking a lot more. Because if their body isn't moving, their body's going to start to, I think it's called atrophy, where your blood starts to coagulate and solidify and basically you won't be able to move. And uh, if they don't have brain activity, then their brains will start shutting down. So when he comes back, you know, maybe he'll have permanent medical problems. I thought that it was going to swap the bodies so that Ash would be in Pikachu's body and Pikachu would be in Ash's. That would have been hilarious. I wouldn't be surprised in this episode. It's probably going to happen at one point in the series. Probably. The last episode in this episode together has thrown up so many questions about this world. So yeah, they goof around and they they play some games and then Ash understands that all the Pokemon want to do is just have fun and have a laugh and enjoy themselves. And then he's got to go and the ghost Pokemon are like, no, please stay, please stay dead with us. And then returns to the bodies where Brock and Misty have found them and pulled them out from under the giant chandelier which fell on them. Oh, they died from a chandelier, by the way. A chandelier fell on them both. They got knocked unconscious. So yeah, they return back to their bodies and wake up and they're all fine. And then they leave because Ash is like, oh, we can't catch those. There's no way you can catch a ghost Pokemon. They're too silly to catch. And then Haunter just appears and decides, yeah, I'm going to follow you now because why not? Yeah, I don't know. Has he actually caught Haunter? Or is he going to put Haunter in a Pokeball? Or is he just like renting out a Pokemon? We'll see. Uh, Is he even allowed to use a Pokemon in a gym battle that he doesn't? technically own we'll have to find out in the next episode i'm not 100 percent okay with how the pokemon joins his team because it's how it always happens like at the end of every episode ash has done something to prove himself to the pokemon the pokemon's like yeah i'll join your team ash doesn't do anything in this episode he flies around with them for a bit and then leaves that's about it and then the haunt is like oh yeah i'll join you now then so they wrote out butterfree specifically for him to get haunter if he's keeping haunter i don't know yet they wrote out Butterfree specifically for him to get Haunter. I don't think these things were directly connected. They wrote out Butterfree so he can get Haunter. No, I don't think they did. I'm pretty sure you said any Pokemon that replaces Butterfree you're going to hate. It's automatically Krabby because that was the seventh Pokemon that was left. He caught that before Butterfree though. Krabby has no relation to Butterfree going away. Now Krabby's got a place in the team. So Krabby filled that slot. Krabby hasn't though. It's Haunter. Haunter's in the team. Well, now he's swapped out Krabby. No, he hasn't. He's... Krabby wasn't in the team. You have no evidence of this. At no point does he mention Krabby. Why? What's this Krabby hate? I'm not saying I'm hating Krabby either. Krabby's not part of the team. Krabby's back at Professor Oak's lab. Is he? Yes, you never see Krabby in Ash's possession. And then he goes and gets a Haunter. So Haunter's part of the team now. I don't know if he is. I need to wait and see. When I see Haunter get sent out in a Pokeball, then I'll get angry at Haunter. The second you see that Pokemon, Haunter comes out, you're going to be like, I like Haunter. Haunter is dead to me. Haunter's cool. I think I might have cooled off a bit since Butterfree was sent away, but we'll have to see. If it's some really rubbish Pokemon that turns up, then I'll be annoyed. It's Haunter. It's quite clearly Haunter because he's got him in the team now. I don't know. I've not seen definitive evidence. Okay, so he's okay now, but the second he's part of the team, you're going to hate him. Yes, as soon as he's actually taken up that sixth slot. Why are you trying to get me to preemptively hate a Pokemon? I'm not, I'm just saying you had this hate for a Pokemon and just because of one slight technicality. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm not hating this Pokemon yet. It may or may not happen in future. Are you okay with waiting, Sam? Yes, I am okay with waiting for you to hate a Pokemon. Got to wait for the hate. That was a long talk about me not hating Haunter. It's annoying that he's just tagging along. 
or may not be tagging along, maybe permanent, we don't know. It's not made clear, but he's just sort of decided to follow Ash. There is a haunter now. Yes. You could say that the haunter is haunting them. Yes. Have you got any other things that you liked in this episode? The last thing I like is the last bit of Team Rocket on the merry-go-round, and it says looks like Team Rocket's throwing up again. Yay, small changes. That's the only bit that I like, or the last little bit. Any more for you? Ash used Charmander to light up things again. It's good when he uses his Pokemon to do smart things, like stop him falling off a cliff or light up a dark room, because it shows that he's learning even if he forgets things every so often. The other thing is that Pikachu laughs when Brock gets incinerated, just further confirming that Pikachu likes pain and inflicting it on others, or just laughing at other people's misery. Yeah, Pikachu is kind of a sadist. He's a bit maniacal. He enjoys watching people get hurt or murdered. He just wants everyone to suffer for his amusement. (laughs) He's crazy! He's a crazy mouse! But now, bad things. I forgot any more bad things. Not really, just not a lot really happens in this episode. As in, there's no real conflict. The conflict is Ash might be dead. Which is good, you know, there's this not the new Pokemon of the day. Like, there's a problem with that Pokemon that they need to solve. Team Rocket steal that Pokemon and then it saves the day. It doesn't do that. Team Rocket are barely in this episode. Team Rocket's in it, like, several times. As in... Ash and Code don't interact with Team Rocket. No, they don't. Not directly, anyway. Ash thinks he caught the ghost Pokemon. Things I didn't like. I've already mentioned that I found the three ghosts a bit annoying. They just weren't that funny for me. I wasn't too keen on the introduction to the episode as well, because there was just a lot of dumb jokes and Pikachu electrocuting people. Like, he did it twice, and it was just... It was unnecessary. It just filled time. There was a lot of time just being filled like they go into the tower and then the restaurant and all the cutlery flies around and they go back out the tower and then they build up the courage to go in again just stuff like that was a bit of a time waster this could have been half an episode yeah there's a whole lot of doing the same thing twice or multiple times especially with the whole joke of oh this ghost has disappeared and is appearing behind the shoulder they did that so many times any more dislikes or likes or things about this episode nope what was your favorite thing or character or situation or i don't know my favorite whatever this time was team rocket just because i've found them really funny this episode everything that they were involved in really amused me yeah they did give us potentially the funniest scene of the episode which is where they're in like they were like we've said before in the whole being essentially abused that's all that happens to them in this episode they just get abused by gravity and ghost pokemon and ash It's funny, though. At no point do they actually do what they wanted to do, which was catch Pikachu. Ash doesn't see Team Rocket at any point. Somehow they still end up getting hurt and abused. Tied to a (laughs) merry-go-round. They're wonderful. I love them. They're great. I like Team Rocket a lot more than I liked the gang in this episode. The gang. The gang. Ash and Co. The twerps. What was your favourite thing in this episode? Haunter. Because Haunter's one of my favourite Pokemon and it's amazing and I think it's great. Even though I may or may not hate him. You may or may not hate him. I, I really like him. I, do, I like Haunter's design as well. Yeah, it's really, really good. I'm not a massive fan of Gengar. It's a bit simple. It's just a blob with a giant mouth. But Haunter's floatier. It's got the disconnected hands, which I really like because it looks like they could just appear like one on each side of you and grab you and everything. And they're, they're, it's just really cool. Haunter's a really cool Pokemon. It's a good ghost design. Definitely the most interesting out of the three, because Ghastly's just a blob. Gengar's a, a, a solid blob, and Haunter's like a diamond shape with two floating hands. It's cool. And what are your overall thoughts on this episode? It's a strange episode. Like, Ash and Pikachu potentially die. May or may not die. We don't know. That's what I said, potentially. They definitely left the bodies 
and went doing Peter Pan things. It definitely raised a lot of questions. Like, we don't know what happened then. No, it wasn't clearly explained what happened to them. Ash didn't seem to respond to it in a way that was like, oh God, maybe I'm dead. Yeah, he was a bit too carefree. I liked the fact that Team Rocket was in the episode, but wasn't in the episode. They had their own side story, which is essentially just them getting beaten up. So it was okay. It was an okay episode, but it just felt a bit weird. I felt it did fall a bit flat with some of its humour at times. Mm, it reused a lot of jokes. And the ghosts are a bit annoying. But like I said, the good bit in there was really good. And it was just that bit with Team Rocket being attacked by Ash, thinking that they're ghost Pokemon. Just everything about that was so funny. I'm just glad that Ash caught a ghost Pokemon in one episode so we can get back to the really interesting stuff with Sabrina. Maybe he caught the ghost Pokemon. We don't know. Maybe. I think that's something that bothers me as well. A lot of this episode isn't really explained. It just sort of happens. I like it when cartoons give you the chance to figure things out. But when it's something that, you know, you can't really figure out because they haven't given you enough data, then it bothers me. I think it's why I like Studio Ghibli films a lot, because they just don't explain things in those. But there's always enough evidence around you to look at a scene and go, oh, okay, this has happened because of this. But when it's things like, oh, this has happened, but there's nothing around to explain why. There's no rules in Pokemon. It's just like, oh, this will be a fun idea. Let's do that for an episode. I suppose it has its pluses and its downsides. I didn't expect Pokemon to be so wacky, if that makes sense. Because Digimon's plot is a lot more fantastic. Like, we've got an alternate universe where there are these monsters which evolve and stuff, and there's all these weird bits of real-world technology scattered around, and there are these powers that they all have that can do different amazing things, and there's time travel and, and, and stuff like that. But then Pokemon has these weird things like, oh, all these tentacle combined to become a giant tentacle. There's... People getting shrunk down to small sizes using telekinesis. There's a shipwreck where they're at the bottom of the ocean and maybe they'll get out, maybe they won't. There's an island full of giant Pokemon, which are giant animatronic creatures. All these weird things which are so weird, but in these tiny little situations and stories, like you don't see these things happening again in other stories. You know, you don't see giant Pokemon happening elsewhere. You don't see people getting shrunk down into smaller sizes. The wackiest Digimon's got its falling through a tidal wave into a new world. It hasn't started killing people and making them leave their bodies it's had a bit of time travel but even then that was explained in a in a way that was okay that you know time works in a different way in the digital world that time's a lot more compressed which you know that's not that much of a stretch you know you could believe that but you couldn't believe that a regular human being can teleport a person and shrink them down to a really small size just because of psychic power shall we move on to the the next one the second episode we're watching is where gururumon's diner we start off with Matt and Gabumon finding Joe and Gobumon working off a debt in a digi restaurant. Matt is forced to stick around by the mon in charge, Digitalamon, and help Joe with his job. It turns out Demi Devimon bribing the digi staff into causing accidents so that Joe and now Matt have to stay there forever. Demi Devimon manipulates Matt into doubting Joe, and Matt flips out because he can't go to check on TK while it's being kept around. Ty and TK soon catch up though, and fill Matt and Joe in on Demi Devimon's evil nature. It all kicks off, Digitamamon attacks, and TK is grabbed by Vegemon, only to be saved by Joe who gets tangled in Vegemon's vines instead. Matt realises that he has to trust and rely on his friends if they want to succeed, which causes Gururumon to digivolve to Wergarurumon and defeat Digitamamon and Vegemon. Finally, the gang splits up into two pairs to go off in search of Izzy, Mimi and Sora, who are still missing. Digimon, digital monsters, Digimon are the champions. Digimon, digital monsters, Digimon. So, what do you like about this episode? I liked Digitamon. Digitamon is a cool villain. Kind of cool. 
I need to tell you that my computer has auto-corrected every single spelling of Vegemon to Vegemite. So it's Digitamamon and Vegemite. Okay, so it starts off with Matt just following the potentially evil Digimon, which is uh, Demi Devimon, saying, oh, I know where your friend is, or something like that. I can't remember. Was Demi Devimon leading in Mon at the start? I thought they just sort of landed and stumbled across the restaurant. I don't remember Demi Devimon being involved in that part. Oh, no, okay, I know what it is. I know what I was talking about right now. They see Monzemon, Frigimon, and Meromon walking, and they're like, oh, I wonder where they're going. But they've fought all of those Digimon before. Yeah, but they're all under the influence of Black Gears. True, true. But for a moment, I was like, maybe they're the same Digimon that they uh, met before. So I was like, I was kind of expecting Matt to say, uh, oh, let's go and find what those guys are doing. But, you know, they don't. And then uh, they meet Gomamon and Joe in a tiny little restaurant in the middle of nowhere. That makes no sense. It's just on the other side of the lake. Unless he has gone out to sea. But I don't think he has. So, Digi-dollars are a thing? Yeah, and Joe has a lot of them. He has a lot of them, which doesn't explain where they came from. Where do you even get Digi-dollars? Did he go to an ATM machine and get his yen converted into digi-dollars. So he's he's using the wrong currency and, and that's why he ends up uh, working there. So then, straight after that, Matt says, I think it's for Vegemon, or it might be for Digitamon, when they've got the little stat screen. Matt says, we didn't know it yet, but he's being manipulated by Thingy or something. It's something along those lines that they didn't know it yet. And does that mean that the gang are telling the story about what's happening now, but in the future? Who are they telling this to? Like, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense why Matt would say we didn't know it yet, because that infers that they're in the future retelling this story. Maybe they are. It's a weird tense to put the narration in. But I think most of this was taking place a few weeks before TK and Ty met up again maybe they are telling it to them well, it must be more than that because it's i don't know how long it was when they were in the restaurant before tk and ty turned up but they've been there a long time at the restaurant mm. and that's something i have a problem with i'm just like matt all you've got to do you and joe just kick the eggs butt that's all they've got to do there's no laws saying they've got to stay there it's like no legal system in the digit in the digital world just at night just disappear <laughs> No one's going to find you. Did you evolve to Garurumon, get on his back, disappear, go back to TK? Well, Demi Devamon would have probably been keeping a close eye on them. Yeah, maybe, but, you know, they could have slipped out at any point. Would have just gone to Vegemon and Digitamon and been like, hey, leaving. Oh, what are they going to do? Chase after Garurumon? Digitamon's pretty fast. He's got tiny little nub legs. He can't go very fast. Did you see him try and basically kill Matt? He, like, charged at him. I don't think he can sprint over long distances like Garurumon. He's an ultimate level. Yeah, but Garurumon. Look at Garurumon and its legs. And then look at Digitamon and its legs. I don't know if you could get Matt, Joe and Gomamon all on Garurumon's back. Yeah, you can. Garurumon's massive. Yeah, but it does mean he can carry everything ever. They're not that heavy. They're tiny, thin children and a seal. I'm pretty sure I could carry two tiny, thin children and a seal. Maybe not the seal. I don't think they could get very far before someone was alerted. I just feel like there's no reason why they should have stayed. Because Joe is reliable. Reliable doesn't mean he has to stay and do this work. I don't think Joe would quit when he owes someone a debt, even if he's being conned. But even Matt should have said, look, you've been here for quite a while. I think you've paid it off now. We need to go. There are more important things than working in a restaurant. Neither of them could digivolve to Ultimate. I don't think they could have outrun them to escape they could have they could have outrun them they couldn't have got a head start i don't feel like the reason for staying was justified then 
even if the reason for them staying isn't justified, I don't think they could have escaped. So I don't care that they didn't try to escape. Okay, it bothers me that the, that the reason for them staying wasn't very good. But... And Matt's couldn't just go off alone because Digital Mamon threatened Joe. Yeah, but they both could have gone. We've talked about it before, we've talked about it before. You can talk now. There are a few things I'd like. Like, I still really like Derby Devimon and how he's he's not powerful at all, but he's tricksy. Yeah, I do quite like Demi Devimon. I like the concept of him. The only problem is, and it's one of the things that I've got, is that like, Demi Devimon's story doesn't make any sense. Like, why would Joe make mistakes on purpose to keep them both there? When if they finish the work that they do, they can both leave the place together? Because Matt is dumb, and we'll buy it. Yes, Matt is dumb. He started off in this episode not being too dumb. I've got a note saying Matt's not being stupid, yay. It's just a shame that later on, and then put Matt started being stupid, no... After Demi Devimon says this to him, he could have said to Joe, hey, Joe, what are you going to do when we leave this place? And then had said, oh, well, did you want to hang out with me? I'm going to go back and find TK. We can all stick together. That would have meant that Joe, if Joe was doing these accidents on purpose to keep Matt there, it would have meant that he doesn't have to do these mistakes on purpose now to keep him there because he knows that they're going to stick together when they finish. So if the accidents kept happening, he could tell that it wasn't Joe doing them on purpose. But instead, he's like, oh, so Joe's trying to keep me here forever by doing these accidents because that's surely a good long-term plan. I'm going to believe the little wing ball and get angry at Joe. There's a whole lot of trusting Demi Devimon over your close friends so far. Which is a bit dumb. They're very easily manipulated. And they shouldn't be. Even if they are dumb children. I feel like all of this could have been avoided if they just spoke to each other. Or if Joe just never wandered off in the first place. They didn't really have to split up at all. It was so they could add plot. It's a bit more episodic at the moment. Like right now it's just, find everyone, we'll find someone new every episode. It's a lot less constant thread going through. So yeah, TK and Ty turn up and TK runs over to Matt and says hi and everything. And then Matt goes, so where's Ty? But he didn't know Ty was back or anything like that at all. So how how did Rutino to say, oh, so where's Ty? Unless he's expecting TK to have stayed at the fairground and then also found Ty in that time. How did Ty and TK get there in the first place? They got on a pedal boat. They'd have to split it up weirdly because... Patamon and TK both have little legs. Agumon and, and Ty could have done the pedaling. But you can only fit two people in a pedalo. I forgot. I forgot how they get over there. And I'm not going back to look at it. Matt and Gobumon could have just taken TK and Patamon with them then, if that's the logic, that they went in a pedalo. So they can't have gone in a pedalo. So Digimon's dumb. Yeah, this episode's dumb. I'm, I don't like this episode that much. So then Matt just gets angry at everybody for some reason he gets mad at joe because joe is quite clearly doing this on purpose to keep him there he gets mad at ty for disappearing but i don't think that's justified because ty literally saved their lives when fighting etamon and he didn't know he was gonna disappear so why get mad at ty because matt's an idiot he's a bad character he is he is kind of an idiot and for someone with the crest of friendship he's a real jerk he just doesn't talk to people and explain the situation and if he'd spoken to everybody this wouldn't have happened how can he be a good friend when he abandons his own little brother because he's a jerk he's got the crest of jerk the thing is i know what happens in this in this season and i know that matt just becomes worse and worse and it bothers me because he's not the worst he's kind of a cool guy but he has a lot of responsibilities and i don't know he just becomes this this moron and it starts now he should not be the one to harness the power of friendship. No. I think TK should have had the crest of friendship, if I'm honest. You should have the crest of little child. That's Kari's crest. Good point. To be honest, they both have the crest of little child. 
So then Matt gets angry and, and is, realizes that this is all just a trick to keep them there and starts to fight Digitamamon because Joe tried to save TK because TK got grabbed by Vegemite and then Joe rescues TK but gets grabbed by Vegemite and Matt realizes that he's a jerk. And then Garurumon digivolves into Twilightmon, Team Jacob mode. And uh, yeah, where Garurumon's kind of cool looking, but then they ruin it with the music. And I think it's the first time we hear Hey Digimon. It is. The season of Hey Digimon begins. I have the soundtrack on my phone and the song by itself's kind of okay. It's not the worst. But having it in a situation where the second Ultimate Evolution has happened and it's really cool and he's fighting to save his friends takes all the tension out of the episode, takes everything away and just makes it, oh look, here's this dumb song playing. It's such a happy situation. It's a good song. It's a good song, but they just play it at this ridiculous time. The lyrics are so cheesy. It's just the plot of the first couple episodes. It's the cheesiest Digi song. It's good though. It's good. But we know that like 99% of the time when it's played, they've won. That is basically the signifier for this this arc. We would guess that anyway, because they're not going to lose in one of these small in-between episodes of the actual important stuff. Matt definitely didn't earn this Digivolution though. No, no he didn't. It would have been better if Goma wanted to yeah, Joe was pretty reliable, apart from all of the being sabotaged. Yeah, Joe showed a be- showed the properties of being a friend more than Matt did. Joe risked his life to save TK, and Matt just stood there being an edgelord, being all like, Urgh, feelings, Urgh. And then, obviously, he defeats the Vegemite and the Egg, and then Demi Devimon flies away, and we get a little hint of Myotismon. So Demi Devimon does refer to him by name this time. I made a mental note to not mention it in the last episode, because even though we see a bit of my own just want to see his shadow you know I, I didn't mention it specifically then because it wasn't mentioned so he mentioned it this episode so i was like yeah i can use the name now because we don't want to spoil our listeners even though we talk about kari all the time i assume that people listening have, have watched at least digimon because the thing with digimon is the plot's so linear and quite tight compared to pokemon which has got a couple of hundred episodes before anything like before any conclusions or anything so you can't really spoil pokemon because these episodes are all kind of what's the word like sectioned off each episode is its own little arc with digimon it's one long arc it's going on so it's harder to spoil pokemon than it is for digimon pikachu never evolves well that's a given it's a massive spoiler misty and brock aren't going to stick around with ash forever all the spoilers butterfree never comes back we don't know that i'd be very surprised if butterfree came back we're a bit off topic. We were talking about Matt being bad and this episode not being very good. Yeah, and Myotismon being there. So Demi Devimon's plan to keep the kids at the, the restaurant was a dumb plan. It wouldn't have worked in the long term because there's only so many time, so much time they would have stayed there for. Can you just imagine them both as old men still there? Just like, we need to repay the debt. But Joe keeps smashing dishes. We've been here for 60 years. <laughs> Anything else you want to talk about in this episode, or are you done? Because I'm, I'm done. Like I said, I'm not a massive fan of this episode. They split up into two pairs at the end of the episode. I can't really remember the next episodes that well, but I'm not sure whether that pays off, like if the writers write better stuff because it's less people, or if it's worse, or just not as interesting, because it's not the big group dynamic anymore. So I'm not sure whether or not the splitting up will be good in the long run because it worked so well the first time it does sort of hint that the next couple episodes aren't going to be about both of the groups at the same time you can pretty much assume that the next episode is going to be about one group and the episode after that's going to be about the other group anything else one thing that i do like about matt is i like the harmonica music 
because it's just nice bluesy music. I like that sort of music from Cowboy Bebop as well. It's a good character trait to have when he needs to go and clear his head and, and think about things. He just can go away and play music. He can be all emo on his own. He could portray his emotions without him having to say, oh, I'm all broody and angry at the moment because of all of these things. He can just be playing music. Favourite character or thing? I'm going to say Digitalamon because I liked him as a side villain. He had good motives because he was being bribed by Demi Devimon. And when the plan stopped working, he genuinely tried to kill Matt by ramming into him. And he put up a good fight as well. I've written no one this episode is dumb and the kids are dumb. But I'm going to change that. It's a thing that I think I, I kind of like because it's just awful. The plot point of a brick being removed so that the potatoes fall on the floor, which will keep them there for weeks, apparently, says Demi Devimon. Potatoes, which come from the floor, which before you prepare them, you wash the dirt off them. They're going to fall on the floor where the dirt is, and that's going to keep them there for weeks. It's still an accident. But it's just so dumb. It's like the potatoes that came from the ground are now on the floor where they can be picked up and everything will be fine, but they're going to add weeks of work to him, to uh, the debt. So I guess I could say my favourite thing in this episode is Sora because she saw how dumb that plan was and was like, no, we shall have none of that. Actually, yeah, I think my favourite thing in this episode is probably Sora because it, it shows that she is doing things to help people, regardless of how kind of dumb the plan is that Devimon, Demi Devimon has. She's sort of being a guardian angel. For everyone, because she's just constantly ahead. I hope she doesn't turn up in both of the next two episodes, because she can't be in both places at once, and that'd be really dumb. I think maybe it would have been better if Matt was doing what Sora was doing and helping her friends, and Sora was doing something else. Something else, like not being a background character. Yeah, I definitely feel it would be nice if Matt was the one going around and fixing people's problems from the sidelines, because that's what you do for friends, because he's expressed a friendship. Overall thoughts? A bit rubbish. Yeah, I'm I'm not a fan of it. Like I said in the last episode, I don't like it when people are really easily fooled by something or someone who is quite clearly lying to them or the situation is something that you could easily say, oh no, that's dumb. But no, they believe each other and they turn on each other without very little coercion. It's just a very bad Digivolution episode. Matt doesn't really show that he's a good friend at all. He just distrusts Joe. TK gets in trouble and he flips out at Ty. The staying there is kind of him showing his good friend, but a good friend would probably have said, look, I'm staying here to help you. Can you stop doing these accidents? And if Joe had said, you know, I'm not doing them on purpose, they could have had the conversation where he's like, these things just keep happening. And then he could have said, well, this tiny little ball of, of devil has been around and saying that you're doing it on purpose. Well, no, I'm not doing it on purpose. That's a dumb idea, Matt. Why would I keep you here by doing this when we can go do our own thing after we've paid off the debt? Oh, yeah, that is a dumb idea. Maybe the little ball lied. Oh yeah, maybe it did lie. Maybe it's trying to keep us here for some purpose. Oh, it is kind of a big trick. Oh, we should go and find TK now. Problem solved. It's a bad episode. Yeah, it's a bad episode. Now it's time for Mono A Mono, where we talk about the similarities and differences in these episodes. Monster of the Week! What's your monster? I'm going to say Charmander, because it's funny. We don't see it very often, but I do like when Charmander turns up and burns people. Especially Brock, because Brock's a pervert. <laughs> That's just out of the blue there. Especially Brock. Filthy pervert. Charmander's really cute as well. Yeah, Charmander's adorable. It's afraid of the ghosts, and it does fire attacks at Jesse and James. Mine's also from Pokemon, and it's Haunter again, because Haunter's pretty cool. It's got probably the best ghost design out of all the ghost Pokemon, full stop, even in other generations, because it is just a gaseous blob of a thing. It's cool. Which episode do you think had the best storyline? Pokemon, even though it was a bit wacky. 
yeah, Pokemon's was a bit all over the place, but at least it made more sense than Digimon. There was no serious flaws in the plot. There was just some things that needed clarifying, like, you know, maybe is Ash dead or not at the moment, but that's just minor plot points. It was a bit silly and goofy. I think that sort of sums up the whole Pokemon episode is goofy, but it made sense and it didn't make us hate one of the characters. Like, the worst thing about the episode is probably just the fact that the ghosts aren't very entertaining. Yeah, the ghosts get a bit grating. Any similarities? We have lots of pranks. Would you call what Demi Devinwan's doing a prank? I'd call it a prank. Pranks tend to be things that go wrong for a laugh. He's being tricksy. He's tripping him up and setting up booby traps, things like that. I'd call them pranks. My theme is fear, because in Pokemon, the gang and Team Rocket get scared by sort of harmless pranks that the ghost Pokemon are doing. And in Digimon, Matt and Joe are both afraid of different things. So Joe's scared that he's going to be stuck there forever, causing mistakes. And Matt's afraid that if he stays too long, that TK might get in trouble. But if he goes, then Joe will get in trouble or will get hurt because of the threats that Digimon made. So each episode addresses fear in a different way. Pokemon is a lot more lighthearted and it's just sort of a spoopy fright. Whilst Digimon is pretty much life or death because no matter what he does, no matter what Matt does, someone could potentially get hurt. The other similarity I wanted to point out was that in both of them, the main groups, like Ash and Co and the Gang of Kids, have been split up into smaller groups. It's Matt and Joe, and it's mainly just Ash, and then Brock and Misty are outside most of the episode. So not in the usual massive group of people. So they both focus on like a single or two characters instead of the usual eight or three. Although even when Pokemon does have three of them, it's mainly just Ash talking unless he needs Misty and Brock to explain something. I do like it when Digimon splits them up because there there does seem to be when there's a lot of people in an area, they all have to talk and it slows the plot down a little bit when they all have to say their line whilst everybody else has stood their way to talk. And it also just highlights the lazy animation more because you get the blank expressions. The staring into the void as somebody else talks next to them. I've not really been looking out for that in Pokemon, though. That very well could be happening in their conversations. Mm. I feel like there's a lot of scene changes, not scene changes, almost like the camera changes a lot in Pokemon when people talk. Yeah, there's not a lot of focusing on all of them at once. And when it is focused on all of them at once, they're usually walking somewhere, so they don't seem as stationary. So, which episode did you prefer the most, or enjoy the most, or like the most? I'm going to say Pokemon. I'm going to say Pokemon as well, because it's got a haunter in it. Neither of the episodes was particularly great this time. Yeah, no, they weren't the best, but out of the two, I think the the Pokemon one was the better. Mostly because Ash potentially died. Yeah, it was a lot less infuriatingly stupid and riddled, riddled with plot holes than Digimon was. There was no Matt in Pokemon. There is no Matt in Pokemon. And now I'm looking forward to next episode when we get the rematch with Sabrina. And also when we find out if I hate Haunter or not. So that makes it 12-11 to Pokemon. Join us again next time or we'll be watching episode 24. No questions, please. And Haunter vs. Kadabra. You can listen to more of us on SoundCloud, iTunes or Stitcher, where we like getting reviews and comments. And you can message us via our Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, with the world's red, and email, which are all linked in the show notes. Thank you for listening. Goodbye. Bye.
they just want to swing from a chandelier. Please don't sing. I'm not going to sing. It's okay. I'm not going to do that. Good. Yeah. Can't promise anything. I want to be the very best. We're not doing that one. We're not doing that one. Again. Okay. Favorite thing or character? I had other stuff. Oh, okay. You can, you can, you can go. Okay. And the last thing I, I want to. I didn't leave. Leave, Stevie. Leave now. Okay. See you next week. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Butterfree. Honestly, I'm going to do the outro there a little bit. I think I might do a little bit of the outro. No. I'm going to do that. No. Which is delicious, by the way. I've never had it. I've never had it. I don't even know if it's I nice. like Marmite, because I've not tried Marmite's it. Marmite's good. Are they actually connected things? Uh, Sort of. They taste a bit different. And so is Bovril. Bovril's like a, a, a beef-based one, but you can make nice drinks out of that. That just sounds like someone's butler. Bovril. 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 That's my Earl Grey, please, Bovril. See, it works. Honestly, it's such. It's like a, imagine. Like this is gonna sound weird, but like imagine like a meaty cup of tea. <laughs> a meaty cup. Of tea. Yeah, that's basically what it's like. You just have. It's like the the marmite paste, but you put it in in cup and then you put hot water in it and you mix it, and it's like a meaty brothy cup of tea. Great. Bovril. Bovril. What the hell? What the what? Is this noise? What noise? Can you hear this? No. I can hear you clicking. Hello? Hello? What the hell was that? The hell was what? Didn't you hear that? No. There was a child's voice saying, I feel as clean as a washed potato, not even joking. And then some sort of theme music started, and then it's gone. <laughs> what? Honestly, you need to listen to my recording at about uh, about 1 minute, uh, 1 hour 23. 1 hour 23. <laughs> it just happens. I don't know what happened. I was like, what is this? <laughs> Out of nowhere, there was a child saying they feel as clean as a washed potato. <laughs> I don't know what happened. I'm scared. <laughs> it happened and then it stopped. I've not clicked on anything. Nothing has changed, but this noise has happened. Is it not your phone? Uh, no, my phone's in front of me on silent. And it's not like, it's not that it was through my headphones. <laughs> it's the ghost of the Digimon episodes. Uh, I don't know what happened. Oh, God. That sounds, That's terrifying. That sounds creepy. Uh, just wait. You'll see it. You'll see it. And I, I don't know what I'll happened. hear it. You'll hear it then. You'll hear it. You can just hear my confusion of what's going on, what's happening. <laughs> I don't like this. No. <laughs> it's not even a phrase. As clean as a washed potato. <laughs> I'm looking up clean as a. Oh, it, it comes up in Google. It's an Andrex ad from 2014. What? Have you got Chrome open? No. Then no. How? I don't know what happened. Why is this advert for Andrex on 2014 just played? Oh God. We are not sponsored by Andrex. This should not be We're happening. Not. I'm scared. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Okay. Oh, I've gone really lightheaded. Okay, so back on track.